I will smash your face into a car windshield and then take your mother Dorothy Mantooth out for a nice seafood dinner and never call her again. Hello everyone and welcome to this episode of Cinema Clash, the show where we pit two famous characters against each other and debate who would be the victor. I'm your host Kyle Ciciloni and today I'm joined by Keith Garuba and Pat Langan. Welcome. How are you guys doing? Great. Ready doing for some good. good battles today. Fantastic. Got Ready. some good things. Charged. Right. We got uh, we got some great battles up today. Uh, let's just let's just kick it off here. Our standard battle today is um is is pretty great. It's it's going back a little bit. It's more of a classic matchup battle. I guess you can kind of I wouldn't say medieval, um, but you can definitely say it's it's not. It, it's, we're going to be using swords today. Bronze Age. Yes. Bronze okay. Age. Right. Bronze age. Be I'm good. on board. Right. Bronze Age. So we have King Leonidas from the movie 300 versus Maximus from the movie Gladiator. Russell Crowe's character now, yes. obviously, and versus um. Uh, Gerard Butler is, uh, King Leonidas. So, uh, Pat, just kick us off here and just your initial thoughts. Okay. Um, I think, um, I want to start out saying they're both word, or worthy adversaries. They both have, like, uh, you know, they're both protecting something, you know, uh, like, Leonidas is protecting his family, protecting, like, the Spartans, he's protecting, like, that entire, he's the king, he's protecting his entire country, where Maximus is coming out for revenge so he's kind of protecting his family's legacy almost not like legacy because he's not like well to do but he's like protecting the respect because you know people say his mother his uh his boy cried like a girl and his wife moaned like a whore before they killed her um but they're both like matching up against one another but i i really think maximus has has got uh, he's got that bloodlust, man. He's he's only got one view, and it's to get the emperor, and he just wants to like kill him. Um, he just wants to get revenge and like and make amends for his family, and just he he has no problems with passing on. And I guess like neither of them do, uh, but I'm, I'm going with Maximus. I think. Okay, interesting, Keith. What do you think? Well, I'm really interested in both these characters because I think that they're both distinct underdogs in the way they're portrayed in their individual stories, but in very different ways. Um, and the, uh, they're both underdogs who actually started from the top. And I'm interested in um, how um, – I think that what really comes into this battle is how one was very dependent on his ability to be a leader and to rally his troops. And one was very dependent on his ability to find his own inner strength when he had to be alone. Um, yeah, and I that's think, true. Yeah, yeah. I think that, um, I think that, uh, in a battle like this, something like that is really, really something that's interesting to, um, to pit against themselves. So now parameters for this battle though, that also comes in because, um, obviously, so they're both attacking each other alone, right? Yes. There's not 300 versus there's one. There's not 300 right. versus Correct. one. Yes. <laughs> so, and um, you don't have like other gladiators here, like right. getting it's, to rise It's up. Leonidas versus Maximus one-on-one. So, so I, I have no doubt that Leonidas would be very adept on his own. But given those aspects of the stories, I perhaps could favor Maximus a little bit in his ability to um, handle his own business. Yeah, this is definitely a close one. And I, it, it's probably the best matched of any of the cinema clashes, I think, so far. 
that I've that we've been doing. It's it's really it's very fair. Uh, I think you you were saying about you know like there's a lot more. I think without a doubt there's a lot more character. We we know a lot more about Maximus and who he is and what drives him than we do with uh, Leonidas. We have a decent idea of what Leonidas is about and what makes him tick and everything. And we've definitely seen Leonidas kill a lot more, that being said, with the help of 299 other people. Also, Maximus, we've seen him kind of uh, go through hell and back to, you know, to make what's right, you know, just for, for, for justice, basically. You know, you see him come back. And he fights, you know, he does a chariot race, and he's fighting, the like, he fights that one guy, the guy who's never been defeated in the arena before, the guy with the mask right. with the tear. It's fucking tigers. Where there's, there's tigers. So everything's pitted against him, even at the end when he, you know, spoilers, obviously, for the movies that we're all going to be talking about the entire episode. But at the end of Gladiator, he even gets stabbed, like, he, the, the emperor, the king, or whatever his name is... Phoenix, what's his name? Uh, Joaquin Phoenix. River Phoenix's lesser, <laughs> lesser brother. Yeah, Joaquin Phoenix uh, <laughs> puts puts that knife in his back right before the battle, um, and he even overcomes that. Like he's still kind of so oh, like yeah. he's and that's like hours before right, and like so like you know that he's you know he's got balls. Maximus definitely got balls, but on the other side with with Leonidas, he gets penetrated by like what like 40 arrows or something and like he's still kind of like is ready to like still fight and like I'm glad you finished that and, and kill <laughs> yeah and kill uh the Xerxes you know yes mm-hmm. so it, it's really they're both really. willing to fight to the last breath and I think they definitely show that obviously spoilers again they both they both do die which is really just as interesting you know what I mean it makes it mm-hmm. very matched to say that you can't say that one person lived, one person died in the movies. They both do die. So it's – yeah. They're so. going to the finish <laughs> yeah, yeah, in this battle. No, right. I, I agree. Um, Pat, uh, give us your okay, uh, um, final thoughts here. Before my think. final thought, I just want to say one thing. This I think is – the more I hear about it, the more I think is this is the best cinema clash duo that I think we've had yet. And I think, I think we, it's, we, it's we very almost, straightforward too. Right. It's like two gladiators and how they're fighting. But I think yeah. it's also something – um, that we might even want to come back to and get different opinions on and maybe reflect on that. Like, we yeah, might have an opinion true. here. Hey, and if you guys have an opinion, you can always send us an email yeah. over at cinemaclash at gmail.com. You can also leave us comments on the webpage. We're at Twitter. We're at cinemaclash at twitter.com. You can hit us there. We're on Google+. Plus. Right. Just a pet. Just a pet. Okay. All right. So um, <laughs> the thing I want to say is uh, one thing that wasn't factored in, and I think this is – I mean, for some people, might not be very important, but Maximus has his faith. You see him go in, and he That's like right. he has his little his statues. And for some people, they you know like you know teach his own with your religious beliefs. But he he goes in every night. He puts up his little like statues of his wife, himself, and his son. And he prays to them, and he's got that in his head. So on top of like his like going for his family and fighting like to avenge his family's like good name and all that, he still has that that extra drive. Yeah. On top of Leonidas, like Leonidas is a, he's a great warrior. He's got his guys behind him, and he's going for the country, but. At the same time, I think Maximus is that one extra little push. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Keith? Keith, why don't you give us your final thoughts and your vote? Well, you know, one more factor I kind of want to bring in here is we've kind of unofficially um, labeled this as Bronze Age in a very uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. non-researched oh, right. way. Oh, right. right. But yeah, no. Clearly, clearly, um, 
clearly Maximus was taking place a, a little bit uh, more recently. So he's got the tech edge also a little right. bit. Yes. The weaponry yes, that's, tech that's edge. That's way before so, the 300. So, so, so I think that that factors in a little bit. Oh, man. I, I, I can't get away from the fact, though, that um, that Leonidas really uh, – <laughs> he pretty much paved the entire history for the Western world. And um, – well, I and, mean, it, through a very stylized movie. <laughs> well, you know. and, well, and the historian. <laughs> but that's her- part. That's part of the battle, I guess. It's one of the first recorded his- historical. Uh, well, after the oral tradition of his story, right. one of the first. We're not going to get into uh, history. Okay, well, right, if, if we're into history, then the three hundred incorporates a lot more than that. But all right, well, okay. Let's talk about the movie. Let's talk about the movie. Okay. Still, though, I think that the movie carries some of that feeling of um, how much an entire future of an entire people rested on this one man. Yeah, right. It's true. And um, there's yeah. definitely a lot more riding on Leonidas than was mm-hmm. riding on Maximus. Maximus was doing it for the benefit of himself well, and for justice. I think. I mean, he was he was he, was a he bit, did kind of help out the other people. He's kind of a puppet in in the scheme of right. the senators, like where they they're really manipulating him to overthrow. Yeah, the and he does overthrow, but like I think. Um, the things that change at the end of 300 are far greater than the things that change cut off a little bit, at the it. end of Gladiator. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, just, it, like, really? in, in, in itself. Anyway, final thoughts. Pat, what's your vote? Uh, my vote's Maximus. Maximus. Keith? I'm going to get over some of my romantic uh, connotations towards Leonidas and say I think Maximus also. Maximus, yeah. So obviously that makes Maximus the winner since it's, it's two two votes no matter what I say. I, I am going to go with Leonidas, and I was going to go with Leonidas even before that, just because I, the, the sheer fact of what he goes through and the way he fights, and it's just brutal and, you know, gruesome, and, like, he just... Like, they just tear through bodies. You know what I mean? Obviously, it's him and a lot of other people, but, like, we see Leonidas within the film, him by himself, kill how many how many people of, of the thousands of guys they fight? How many people he killed by himself compared to how many people uh, Maximus fought? Granted, I mean, he fought a lot more people than Maximus he did. He had the opportunity. Right, so, he had more yeah, of the but, opportunity, but and the Maximus background. almost gets killed... A lot more, like he has a lot way closer encounters than Maxim than Leonidas does throughout they, the film until they, the very end of. They 300. also fought in a style. All right, we're not going to get into. But it, anyway, yeah, not, yeah, right. that's the end. So that's our standard battle. Moving right along here. Today's doppelganger battle is Leonardo DiCaprio, that heartthrob of a man. So we're taking. His characters from Inception, Dom Cobb, versus Billy Costigan from The Departed. Two pretty, int- well, two, it'll be a good battle, I think. Okay. Just, you know, who they are. So, Pat, you want to, oh, actually, Pat, you started last time, so Keith, why don't you kick us off with this one? Cool. Just initially. I'm happy oh. about that. <laughs> <laughs> You're off the hook. All right, well, you know, uh, th- this is a, a really interesting battle, and I think, to many people, at first, it may seem a little bit out of place, given the um, sort of uh, yeah. science fiction nature of the one of the one movie. But uh, the Departed, it, right? The Departed, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, but what I'm really interested uh, in is how both the characters are um, 
are are undercover in in both movies. Yeah. To to some degree. Oh. And um and I, I think that the characters actually stack up against each other really well. Um, I'm probably uh, preempting some of some of Pat's statements when I say this, but um, but they are they're they're certainly both thinkers, and um, I, I think that it's really really interesting how uh, strategic they they can both be, and that's really going to come into play in this battle. Yeah, definitely, Pat. Okay, um, the one thing I'm thinking about uh, kind of caught me off guard a little. Let me just like collect my thoughts. Um, where Dom is, Dom's trying to get like to his family. He's trying to get back to his family, but at the same time, he's got a disadvantage where he he's kind of separated from reality. He he's at the point where he was in like that 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 deepest level of the dreams where he doesn't really know where he is, and he's still kind of like art like his his brain is like like fighting against each other, trying to like get to the point where like am I here? Am I there? Am I here? And even at the end of the movie, you don't really know where he is. Um, for for me, I think um, Billy Costigan. Uh, I, I I'm going for him. Like you know, he he's downtrodden. His family, like he came up, like he came up with like connections to the mob. Like he uh, he's looked down upon. They wouldn't let him in the secret. Or no, I'm sorry, secret service. They wouldn't let him into uh, the state police of Boston. They said, you know what, you're not going to be a state police officer. Mm-hmm. You have too much chance of corruption here. You have one choice chance you go undercover and he's got to do he's got to risk his life like more so than most people and just going with like i don't know he, he's got to go in there and he's just got to keep proving to people like day after day after day that he's like undercover and at the same time proving to the other like that he's he's on their side and he's a mole for the for the mob and i don't know he just like he works it so well and it gets to a point where he might spoiler alert, he might die at the end but i think he he succeeds more than dom does because you really know that he succeeds more than Dom because at the end of uh, Inception, you're not really sure that top's still spinning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's also the, obviously the part. Obviously, right. ins- again, if you're if you're listening to Cinema Clash, you kind of have seen these movies, and if you haven't seen the movies, I don't know why you're even really I don't know what you're getting out of these anyway. <laughs> so spoilers, obviously. So you don't write in saying that you spoiled a movie. Hey, because fuck you. Watch a movie once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, this is uh, definitely good. I like the fact that Dom Cobb has a a way that he works. He knows, like, he's got such a, like, point A to point B. Like, he's just like, boom, boom, boom. He's there. He knows what to do. He gets in. He gets out. He, he, he does his job well. Like, he knows exactly what he's doing as far as Inception goes. You know, like, as far as the, well, not Inception, as far as the, Whatever they call that, um, whatever he's doing in the movie, like what do they what do they call the intel like like mind inception? No, well no, no inception is the different thing. That's the thing that, that's planning the idea in the mind. Mm-hmm. Going within. Anyway, fuck it. He also Billy Costigan is way more, I think, physical. Than Tom Cobb is in Inception. We see him smash that beer over that guy's face at the bar. And... Juice, but... <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it was a beer. Was it this? I don't... No, he grabs the guy's beer and then he oh, smashes okay, it in okay. his head. Well, either way, well, yeah, you know, he fights that dude. He almost gets beat up. He, you know, he's constantly getting into little, you know, little fights and stuff with everybody, and uh, a lot more. Well, I don't know about a lot more gunplay. Actually, there's a pretty decent amount of gunplay in both of these movies, now that I think about it. 
granted, that being said, the ga- the gunplay isn't is set in the mind. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's really mm-hmm. it's really hard to uh, compare. You know, like dream gun sequences compared to you know, like real like in the real world. But they like seem so gun- real. <laughs> yeah, they seem so real. Right. So that's, yeah, also that, I mean, obviously that's part of the, the battle, but we have to do that. We do have to take that consideration because that is what we're pulling all of this information from is pretty much most of it from the, the dream world. We don't really see Dom Cobb do a whole lot outside of, you know, the mind. So mm-hmm. Pat, if you want to give your final little thoughts here. Um, Okay, so I'm going Billy Cuss again. He goes up against the mob, man. He might not win in the long run, but, like, he he overcomes what he's trying to, like, do. You, you know that for a fact that he overcomes, like, his family's past, and he does what he does. He, he goes for the good. Um, you don't even know if Dom Cobb is doing any good. Like, he in yeah. the, like he could, he's actually could be, like, doing wrong. He's, like, manipulating people. Right. He's a ma- manipulative bastard, technically. Um, and, um... Again, I'm just going to go back to that top keeps spinning. It keeps going. Like, you really have no resolution there. And that's, like, a terrible thing for me to bring up. In this it is. Class. Yeah. I'm a douchebag for bringing that up. <laughs> but um, I think you have more resolution with, with uh, Billy Costigan. Okay. okay. So that point is kind of, um, first of all, I, I, I'm going to disagree. I'm going to go with Dom Cobb. That's good. So, so, so let me start out. I think that. Um, this whole idea of uh, of the characters being caught up in their own worlds. You, you talked about both of their backgrounds. Yeah. It's really interesting for both of them. They're both kind of um, they're both just products of the worlds that they are forced into in a way. Yeah. Um, so that in a way they're both very vulnerable characters. Um, but I'm going to say that it's that vulnerability where I where I'm going to have to side with Dom Cobb because um, uh, Costigan. He uh, he is very uh, he's very out with his vulnerability. He voices it in the movie, and I think that it's legit a weakness. And I think that um, Dom Cobb, he goes he goes all the way, um, despite that vulnerability, uh, with whatever his convi- his convictions are, and he yeah. he just um, he just chases his own goals, even if it's putting everyone else at risk. And um, I think that that character trait for I mean, sure, Costigan did what he had to do in the end, yeah, but right. um, but I still think that he, you saw his downfall coming the entire time. No, Dom Cobb, I could see him uh, going balls out and taking down whoever is in his way. Yeah, very good. Yeah, I think it's very obvious that they both definitely have, like you said, weaknesses about them uh, throughout the movies. You see, you know, Billy, Billy Cobb, obviously Dom Cobb has, that whole thing with his wife is pretty much the the big thing that's just kind of, uh, withhold, have that, that kind of holds him back from, from great things, I guess you can say. And Billy Costigan, obviously just, his situation he's in is kind of a big deal, like, you know, he's trying to take down one of the biggest mobsters, you know, in the business, and he's yeah, literally right. part of that gang. And he's trying not to get caught, so he's trying to be the best liar he can be. But I gotta—I think I gotta give it to Dom Cobb here, because we see 
he's way, way smarter than Billy Costigan, I think. Just the way he kind of does things, even if it's in his mind. If you can dream it, you can do it. <laughs> the fact that he can, he think, like, he, in his mind, he can, you know, do these things. And there's the things he does in the dreams of Inception. He He's able to, you know, outrun a bunch of other people. Like, when he's driving that car... Obviously, you know, even though a train kind of comes through and that's, you know, wouldn't really happen in real life, but I, I think Billy Costigan, he, he doesn't really, I feel like he's more weaselly, I guess if I could say that. Like, he's trying to, he's trying to save his own life by trying not to, like, get caught, to get killed. You know what I mean? Where Dom Cobb is trying to, he's putting his ass on the line to get out there and, you know, do what he needs to do. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why I got to give the upper hand to Dom Cobb. Okay. I could see that, but now let's address the real question: Which character is sexier? <laughs> I I got one. I... <laughs> so today's clash up is absolutely awesome. It's blowing my mind right now that this is happening. It's probably the greatest robotic battle of our time, or of cinematic history. We have the Ninja Falcon Megazord from tr- from the Power Rangers movie versus the almighty Optimus Prime, the leader of the Autobots from the Transformers trilogy. Well, the trilogy thus far until they make a fourth one, but there are three so far. Yeah. And there are multiple Power Rangers movies, but anyway. So Pat's going to be defending Optimus Prime. And Keith will be defending the Ninja Megazord. Obviously. So basically, here's the parameters of this. You'll each be given a minute to give your argument, your side of the story, right? And then at the very end, well, we're going to be starting with a. We have a predetermined, predetermined coin flip over here. Keith will be starting, and Pat will be giving his, be giving his minute after Keith, right. and then Keith will be able to give a rebuttal at the very end um, of of what Pat says. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that will be how we do this. So we're going to start with Keith. Keith, your minute starts right now. Okay. So first off. Uh, honestly, I could really support, um, uh, uh, your man over here, but, uh, it kind of made me angry before this argument that no one is on the side of Megazord. So Ninja Megazord is awesome for so many ways, and I can't believe no one else thinks, uh, that, that he would, he would own here. First of all, he is five robots all in one. He's five minds, okay? You want to take five minds versus one mind? Get out of here. After that, there's a special effects bias here, okay? We're talking early 90s. You're talking all Michael Bay. If Michael Bay is going to take hold of Power Rangers now, I guarantee you Megazord is going to kick kick the... He's going to kick a lot out of your guy. Okay. Uh, Then, also, in addition to the primary Megazord, there's Tommy's Falcon Zord who's going to come over and help. He's going to kick some butt up in here. And uh, I mean, and even their their whole bodies... Time. Time. I got time. I got too excited. You got too excited. I understand. Excited. They, they have my first in the class, too. Really yes, do. we're all geeking out up Woo! this. We're all geeking you out. got, like, five more notes here. Dude, there's geek juice all over the place. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Pat, you, defending our Optimus Prime here. Okay. Your minute starts okay. now. Okay. So you say that it's, it's multiple robots combined into one. You never see those independent robots working with one another. Okay? You see a couple of teenagers... Um, all of a sudden they get like a little, and they want to get into like Megazord, and it takes them 10 minutes to get a fucking soundtrack going, and you're like, 
and you're all getting together, and then finally you assemble. At that point, Optimus Prime is slashing the hell out of you with a sword. You got nothing to deal with. Like, you guys are trying to join up. He's whacking, like, gorillas and dinosaurs out of the air. Alright, the second thing you're, you're talking about, multiple minds working with one another. Can you really, like, the three of us right now, can we really, like, work together in such a mo movement to operate a giant robotic individual to beat the hell out of someone who's, like, who's, it's his body. He may be a tractor trailer, but he's still, like, working with one mind rather than five trying to work with one another. And, um, That's he's time. The, all right. Time. Okay. Very good. Uh, Keith, you just get, like, a just really quick rebuttal, you know, a sentence or two here, just, just on thoughts of what Pat had said. Okay, so you're going to hold the teen factor against my crew of the Power Rangers. First of all, I guarantee my teens are a lot more powerful than your ancient Optimus Prime millions-a-year-old bullcrap. Secondly, <laughs> um, oh, Tractor Trailer, I'm really afraid. Oh, I'm going to turn into a tractor trailer. I've got apes. I've got cranes. I've got frogs. I've got dragons. Get out of town. All right. Okay. All right. All right. Very good. This right. is probably the most heated debate. If you want to. Of... That... This is it. That's it. No more. Oh, it's, oh, my gets... tar... it's my oh, turn now. Oh. Wait, he gets a rebuttal too. Doesn't he? No, no. Nah, nah. No, it's. Or, well, no, you no. had a minute to talk off what he already talked about. Right, oh, so. I see. All I want to say is, if I you want to, if you want to f with an an eighteen wheeler, have you ever tried driving down Route eighty in a snowstorm with eighteen wheelers blowing past you at seventy miles an hour, and you're afraid? You can't see the lines. You don't know where you're going. I'm going with a tractor trailer, man. Okay. okay. Anyway, <laughs> so my turn. It's uh, it's it's a really great robotic battle it really is it's it's really funny to kind of imagine in my mind like this battle happening on like the streets of like new york or something and like buildings getting to basically what happens in transformers but with you know instead of uh the decepticons it's you know the power rangers i mean not not being as bad guys i'm just saying just fighting them in general and i, I keith has a great point that it's you know it is five robots five animal robots mind you versus one yes. robot who we spoilers again like i said <laughs> who optimus prime who has died at one point in the movies like he's been mm -hmm. beaten by other robots mm -hmm. before so we mm -hmm. know that he's definitely like he's got he's got he's not Im he's not immortal or anything like that mm -hmm. so you know keith has is a great point that like even I, I don't think necessarily that any one of the five body part animal machine transformer Megazord ninja thingies <laughs> would actually beat Optimus Prime. But I think, the f like, I I've talked about having, you know, multiple people, like, um, you know, quantity versus quality, I guess. And, and, and it would definitely be an interesting battle. Like, it would definitely be... It would definitely m make me think that Optimus Prime maybe would not be able to defeat all of them at once, you know, like, five of them. Um, but I think the main thing here is that you know, inside of the mega the Megazord, it's got we we have the kids operating this giant machine. And I, if mistake, tell me if I'm wrong here, but I think it's Jason usually is the one that's in there, and he he does kick and punch movements that um kind of mm -hmm. display what the actual monster is doing. It's yep. mirroring everything he's doing. Red right? Ranger takes the lead. Right. Yeah. So that's all happening there. I I I don't care what kind of technology it, you could have the greatest it could be like the the greatest technology in the world but i think 
it's going to be really hard for him to see anything that's really happening in the battle. I mean, he's got to have he's got no really depth perception based on the the size of the scale of the battle itself. So he's not really knowing exactly you know how far he needs to punch, how hard. I mean, how do we know how hard he punches based on you know the physics of how hard the robot's going to punch itself? You know what I mean? And Again, he, he how could he, how does he see behind him? Are there like like robot mirrors? Like does he have it in his helmet? Is there like a like a UI function, like a digital like monitor in front of him that like allows him to see everything? We don't know all of that, obviously, but it, you have to take that into account because I, that, I feel like that's a very big downfall of the Power Rangers. And what are the other four of them kind of doing when they're sitting around there? While that last person's you know like while the the main person's controlling the robot, they're not like you know, firing missiles or anything. There's really none of that going on, so they're just kind of like, hey, hanging out, what's up? Optimus Prime uh, is, is seriously just, is he's just a badass, and he, he's got a sword, and he, especially in, I think it's the second, is it the second, no, the third movie, the third Transformers movie, if you haven't seen that one, the five people out there have seen it. Or that liked it, I guess. A lot of people saw it, but... Actually, I, I I dug the third one a little bit. Actually, it wasn't it wasn't too bad. It. Yeah, the third one's actually kind of cool. There's that one part where he's spinning around in like a 360 degree angle with his sword, and he's like cutting up the different robots. Mm. And it was probably the coolest thing I saw in that Transformers movie. And Optimus Prime just like he's tearing people apart in that movie. And he even, I mean, I still don't see how this was this really made any much of any sense. But he kind of outsmarts the other robot, like um. The other robots in that movie, he like he makes Megatron believe that like he's getting power taken away from him. So there's like some sort of like you know deception there, like that he's kind of like, hey, he's like you're not as good as this guy. Why don't you go kill him? And he pretty much does. And you know Optimus Prime has that. I mean, I don't think that would work technically against the the Power Rangers, but I do have to give uh, Pat the upper hand the win here. I have to give Optimus Prime the win. Optimus Prime is is is. It's a close battle. It's definitely close, but Optimus Prime is seriously like the ultimate robot warrior. So yeah. all right, fine. Anyone who agrees with me, look for the new Megazord fan cast. <laughs> J.K. will be there. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for joining me on this episode of Simba Thank Clash. you, Kyle. Hope you guys Thank enjoyed you. yourselves. Thank you. you had, definitely had a good time here. Had a yeah. good time. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Cinema Clash. Please visit CinemaClash at blogspot.com for past episodes and ajaznetworks.com for our other great podcasts. And if you have any questions, comments, or even a suggestion for a battle, email us at cinemaclash at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 623-AJAZZ64. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Facebook for the latest updates. You can find this show and more at AJAZ Networks. Originally different media for your personal taste.